Answer this question. What do a Buddhist priest, a bully chable, a David-like android, and a stalker CEO with a photogenic memory all have in common? I'll tell you. In a Japanese drama, they can all be the love interest. Today, I'm discussing Japanese dramas and my top five recommendations. Welcome to the Brown Skin Oni Podcast, a key drama podcast. I am your host, the Brown Skin Oni. Here I review, recommend, and fangirl over K drama, J drama, C drama, with a few other dramas sprinkled in between. If you enjoy these topics as much as I do, then you are in for a treat. But without further ado, let's go. Hello, 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 fellow members of the K-Drama fandom. As the title of today's episode indicates, today I am discussing, reviewing, and recommending a few Japanese dramas. That's right, folks. I am taking a pause for the cause away from K-Dramas to discuss some Japanese dramas. Um, the shows that I discuss today cover a range of genres, but they all have really unique charm. Um... Some of the clear differences between Japanese dramas and K-dramas um, are the way that the dramas are typically structured. The Japanese uh, series tend to be shorter and they usually range from 8 to 10 episodes in length with each episode being roughly like 40 something to 60 something minutes. The plot in Japanese dramas tend to be less predictable, less formulaic, and that's no shade to K-dramas because I love the formulas, right? The formulas are working. That's why we have the formulas. Um, It's my understanding that they tend to be less formulaic, but to be honest, maybe I just haven't seen enough J-dramas to like really pick up on the formulas. When watching J-dramas, I feel as if you can't tell what's going to happen next, right? Um, You can't, for example, you can't predict who's going to end up together in one of the shows that I'm going to recommend today. The J-dramas I've seen also tend to skew toward the more mature audience because they have more profanity, they have more gore, they have more violence. I'm thinking particularly about Boys Over Flowers, a.k.a. Hanayari Dongo, um, where there is this like use of profanity and violence included in the series compared to other iterations of the same drama. And that is a notable difference. Today I am discussing slash recommending a total of six Japanese dramas in order of enjoyment. So these are the ones, number six being the one that I enjoyed the least to number one being the one I enjoyed the most. Last Cinderella is number six. Last Cinderella is a 2013 Japanese romantic comedy series. Um, Our protagonist uh, is a woman named Sakura. She is a single 39-year-old woman who works at a beauty salon as its assistant manager, and she's also a hairstylist. She is, when the show opens, she is expecting to get the position of manager because she is devoted to the job and she's really good at the job. Instead, the position goes to a former colleague, Tachiban-san, who is from her past. And they these two have a fun, bickering relationship. Um, their relationship has strong 
enemies to lovers vibes. And if this was a K-drama, that would have been the whole show, right? That would have been the whole story. But it's not. This is a Japanese drama, so we're going to get something different. During the time, during this period after she does not um, get the, the promotion that she thought she was going to get, she sort of starts to reflect on other areas of her life where she sees herself as having dropped the ball, right? So she reflects on her lack of self-care and her lack of uh, personal relationships. Side note, she is often critiqued in the show as being unattractive, but the actress herself is really pretty. Um, her style, her hairstyle, the character's hairstyle is kind of messy, and she wears this uh, Colombo-style trench coat, which gives her cool, quirky old man vibes. But if you ask me, the coat is chic, and her skin is gorgeous, right? So over the course of the show, she meets this um, young man, seemingly by coincidence, um, and they establish this relationship, and she sees this relationship as her last chance at love. Overall, my rating for the show was a B. I really enjoyed uh, Sakura's character. I enjoyed her as a person. I enjoyed the relationships that she had with her friends and even the relationship that she had with Tachiban. I wasn't a fan of the romantic part of the story. And since this is a romance drama, like you should be a fan of the romance, right? The main couple for me did not have believable chemistry. Uh, I was more interested in the protagonist's life outside of outside of the romantic one, and it felt sort of forced. And please don't get me started on how I felt about the ending. I'm recommending this show because I enjoyed everything but the ending, and I feel like that's okay. I feel like it's okay to enjoy a show and not necessarily love everything about it. Hence, I am recommending Less uh, Cinderella today. Number five on my list of top J drama recommendations is You Are My Destiny. If you are a K-drama fan, and if you're listening to this podcast, you probably are a K-drama fan at the very least, then you've probably heard the title, You Are My Destiny. You Are My Destiny, Japanese version, is a 2020, I believe, remake of the original version, the 2008 version of the Taiwanese drama, Faded to Love You. The story is a romantic comedy that plays heavily on the motif of favorite love. So we're talking about the idea of finding that one person who is your soulmate, who you are destined to be with. We have the female lead who is your typical sort of office worker, glasses wearer, kind of shy, extreme people pleaser. And we have this male lead who is the heir Chable CEO they are both um, interested romantically in other people but due to fate they meet um, and this meeting in quotation marks sparks like a chain of events that is actually the plot of the show um, my rating for Fated to Love You was a C it's on my list so 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 hear me out my rating for Fated to Love You is a C. Yes, it's on my watch list, but it is a C for some particular reasons. As I have mentioned, the Japanese uh, version is a remake of the Taiwanese original version from 2008. There's also a Korean remake and there's also a Chinese remake of this story. These three versions are all at least 20 episodes with the episodes ranging in length from 45 to 60 minutes. That is a lot of story. 
The Japanese version is a mere 10 episode um, show with 30 minutes roughly in length for the episodes. That means that a lot of the really critical storyline was cut. The things that helped to develop the characters and help to establish connections between characters and audience was cut from the plot. That being said, um, I'm not sure if I mentioned this, but I collect stories like Thanos collects Infinity Stones, right? So if there is a version of a show, I am going to watch it. If you're someone who like, like me who enjoys watching different iterations of the same story, then I highly recommend uh, You Are My Destiny. It's available to watch on Viki. Number five, sorry, number four on the list is Absolute Boyfriend. Absolute Boyfriend is a 2008 romantic comedy slash sci-fi comedy, which is fun. Um, we have Rico-chan. She is Rico-chan. I feel like that's how the, the male lead says her name. She's an office worker. Of course, she's an office worker. And she dreams of becoming a pastry chef. Um, she has pretty much had a rotten love life so far. Whenever she falls for a man and gives him hit her uh, confession, he ends up rejecting her. And so she's never really had a real boyfriend. Some sort of way, she ends up meeting this person who is a sales manager for this company that is offering what is essentially seeming, seems to me like love robots. It's called Kronos. Um, and they convince her to be a part of their pilot program where she gets this perfect boyfriend who is an android for a one-week trial. Um, she names him Tanjiro, and um, Tanjiro is, again, the perfect boyfriend. So he's loving, he's doting, he's sincere. He does his very best to take care of her. And in doing his best, he often um, embarrasses uh, Riko-chan in his sort of like search for being, the, in his quest for being the perfect boyfriend. It is a fun story. This is a this was actually remade in the form of a Korean drama, but I think I like the a Japanese one first. I'm sorry, I think I like the Japanese one best. Overall, my grade for the show, which um, uh, let me say is available to watch on Vicky. Overall, my grade for the show is a B. The story is fun, it's heartwarming, and it poses interesting questions. Right, it it poses this question of. What is love and where can we find it? We have this android who looks on the outside like a human being. He's essentially functioning like a human being would. And we have this idea of trying to figure out like how do we judge as a human? How do we judge what love is? The android look and looks and behaves like a human being. And then eventually it starts to have some sort of its own autonomy. Um, I know the story is supposed to be a romantic comedy, but it leans towards being a story about human behavior and human beings and relationships. And it's really heartwarming. You can't help but feel for Tanjiro by the end of the story. He becomes more human than um, we we can predict. Again, it's available to watch on on Viki. I thoroughly enjoyed it. If you're looking for something that's like short, you can probably watch in a weekend that makes you think about your own humanity and what people actually need and require in terms of relationships this is a fun watch absolute boyfriend available on vicky number four on the list 
Number five on the list is five to nine. This is where we get the Buddhist monk boyfriend from my intro. From five to nine is a 2015 romantic comedy. We have Junko-san. Junko-san, I think is correct. Junko-san is an English teacher in Japan. She teaches the English language to um, mostly adults and high schoolers between the hours of five and nine. So these hours are essentially the time where people are normally off of school or work. Her big dream, her bigger dream is to move to New York to work as a teacher in the New York branch of her high school. She is single and as fate would have it, she meets an unlikely um, boyfriend candidate through a mutual, through a memorable event, right? So she is at a temple and she trips and dumps a tray of ash on the head of the Buddhist priest who is performing the funeral ceremony. Apparently, uh, this makes a really big impression on him because he arranges to have a blind date with her. And during their very first meeting, she walks in and he immediately congratulates her and says, "Um, you are congratulations. You have been chosen to be my wife which is what a way to uh, to start a conversation, right? So my rating slash why I love it. Why I love it is, honestly, it's a fun watch. It's definitely something different than I've ever seen before because the male lead, the, 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 the one of the people involved in this like love romantic relationship is a Buddhist priest. I don't know much about Buddhism. Um, so it was just like a novel thing to see. It's a fun watch. Um, this is my first time seeing a priest as a male lead in a romantic dra- uh, jam- drama. Uh, Takane, I think it's how, how they say his first name. He's a monk. Um, his character traits is like he's very persistent. Um, honestly, you could you could actually describe him as a stalker, right? He meets Junko briefly. He sees her like this one time and then he meets her in a restaurant and he declares her to be the one and then he proceeds to doggedly pursue her in fact there's one scene early on in the drama I think it's at the end of episode one or the start of episode two where he does something that for me would have been enough to involve the police but somehow their uh, relationship continues and it escalates uh the show is apparently based on a manga and if you've ever seen any drama based on a manga, these shows tend to have some over-the-top elements, right? And so I'm guessing this is how they rationalize some of Takane's behavior. Um, one of his redeeming traits is that he, the care and the diligence with that he puts into his faith, into his uh into the Buddhist faith and into his relationships with those around him. He makes great effort to care not only for Junko, but for her family and her friends. I like that Junko-san was written as this character who's very secure as in who she is. We oftentimes get female characters who are insecure and who do, who do not necessarily like stand firm in who they are. Junko-san is not that character. She has goals and she unapologetically pursues them regardless of what society is po- tries to impose upon her. The show wraps up pretty quickly. It's a 10 episode show, which I've mentioned Japanese dramas tend to be pretty short. I wish they would have devoted more time to the development of the main character's uh, relationship with Takane, of the main couple's relationship. 
um, they get together, but it's there's some gaps in how that happens, right? We go from being really cold to being hot, and it, it the transition is not smooth. In all, it's a fun show to watch. Uh, I would recommend it if you want to break from your typical, the typical stories that we get in K-dramas. It is available to watch on Vicky. And again, that is uh, from five to nine. Number two on the list is one of my favorite, not even Japanese dramas, but this is one of my favorite dramas, hands down, all around, ever. This is Hana Yori Dango, also known as Boys Over Flowers. Boys Over Flowers, if you are a K-drama watcher and you have not seen Boys Over Flowers, you need to get yourself together and get online and watch this series. Hana Yori Dango, Hana, let me say it right. Hana Yori Dango is a 2005 romantic comedy inspired by the, the manga with the same name. I mentioned in one of my earlier podcast episodes that I have seen all iterations of this drama. I am collecting this dr- drama like Thanos r- collects these infinity stones. I want every part of it. So I've seen the Japanese, the Chinese, I've seen the Taiwanese. In fact, I was recently watching a tiny Taiwanese version during Thanksgiving break. I have read some of the manga. I've seen the cartoon version. I am here for it. I am a stan. I'm not even a fan. I don't know if there is a Hana Yuri Dango hype, but if there was, I would be in it. So for those of you who are not in the know, Hana Yuri Dango, Boys of a Flowers is essentially like enemies to lover. And it has those tropes, right? We got the bumbling parents. Do we have the bumbling parents? My goodness. We have the bumbling parents. We have the evil, uh, cold chable. We have the cruel, evil uh, mother. But in the Japanese version, we have Makino. She is the candy. She is the female lead. She's a student at this like really prestigious um, school where she goes to school with all of the wealthiest, the children of the wealthiest individuals in Japan. And her family is essentially working class. Makina, the scene, the opening scene, she is full of distaste for her classmates. They are, they have all of these trappings of the rich, right? So there's all of these luxury labels and she is just really disillusioned and just despises their wasteful attitudes because she comes from a working class background. She's in high school and she just really wants to complete the remaining years of her high school career by flying under the radar, not angering anybody, not getting into anything. She just just wants to just make it to her senior year so she can graduate with a, a diploma from this school because if she gets a diploma from this school, she will be able to get into maybe a better college or even just get a better job based on having a diploma from this school. But this is TV, right? So obviously this can't happen. Makino crosses paths with the fame F4, the flower for the riches, the sons of the richest, most powerful conglomerates in Japan. So she meets the F4 and she meets the infamous Damyoji. Damyoji is a beautiful and ruthless heir and bully. And the series plays out much like the story, um, the original story, right? So we, we get this, it's famous by now. So we know that SK drama fans, we know what happens. We get the basic gist of the story, but it's still one of my favorites. Um, 
So I highly recommend it. I give it an A. I give it an A. It's ridiculous. It's funny. It's heartwarming. And it's available to watch on Vicky. Number two on the list, Boys Over Flowers, a.k.a. Hanayari Dango. Number one on the list, here we go, is this guy is the biggest mistake of my life. This guy is the biggest mistake of my life. It's a 2020 drama that is based on a manga series. And as I said before, manga series tend to be super ridiculous and exaggerated. So you can prepare to expect that in the show. Our lead character, uh, Santo-san, is a contract worker. She works at a pharmaceutical company. And the show opens with her um, mourning the loss of her beloved dog. Um, she's in a bar and she's drinking loudly. And she's mourning even more loudly the loss of her closest companion, she is saying how the drug company she works for should have been able to save her dog or maybe they should be able to bring her dog back. And as it would happen, the CEO of her company happens to be in the bar and he hears this and he tells her, uh, listen, I can't bring your dog back. But what I can do is suggest a dosage, a dosage of medicine that would help you join your dog. Right. So. If you understand what he's what he's just implied, he's saying he can give her some medicine that she will basically uh, go to sleep and never wake up. Um, she says that he says that to her, and her response is to trip him as he is walking out of the door, and that, friends, is the opening of the show, right? So I already told you how Japanese dramas differ from K dramas, and I feel like this opening scene is the perfect depiction of that. The very next day, uh, Santo-san is called into the CEO of her company's office and she's horrified to realize that the person that she met and tripped down at the bar last night was actually the head of her company. Um, she believes, like she, they, they do this like internal dialogue where we can hear her thoughts and she's sure she is mere seconds away from being fired. And in her head, she's like steadying herself and she's preparing for the worst. But her boss actually has a unusual request from her. She's like, sure. Santo-san is, is glad to hear she's not getting fired. She's relieved. So she's like, sure. Like, what do you need? What do you, you know, what do you want me to do? And I'm thinking she's probably thinking like he wants an apology. But he actually wants something very different from Santo-san. And this request results in like this really hilarious 10 episodes of a show I've never seen a show like this I've never seen a k-drama like this this is something that is incredible it's unbelievable it's hilarious and it's super fun um so let's get to my rating of course my rating slash grade or why I love it is an a my my grade is an a right so why I love the show I love the show it is by far one of the most ridiculous things I have ever seen even the even the ending is ridiculous. You get to the end and you're expecting, okay, this is where things are going to calm down. This is where it's going to be normal. Nope. True to form, it opens ridiculous and it closes ridiculous, right? A grand opening and a grand closing. Um, the ending is ridiculous, but it's fitting. It makes sense for the characters. They don't try, they don't try to tie up new strings and put it in a pretty box and make it make sense instead it fits 
I love the dynamics of the relationship between the two lead characters. I love that they both offer healing to one another in unexpected ways. I love that uh, Santo-san doesn't sacrifice who she is as a person for a romantic relationship. Um, yeah, it's just incredibly enjoyable. It's one of those shows that that I will turn on and watch like before I go to bed at night. And I may not even get past the first episode because uh, I'm falling asleep, right? But it's so comforting and so fun and I highly recommend it. It's available to watch on Vicky. And this is, again, the biggest, this guy is the biggest mistake of my life. We've come to the saddest part of the show, the closing. This wraps up my, uh, this episode of my reviews of recommendations and reviews of J-dramas. As I'm even making this list and wrapping up this episode, I have several other uh, recommendations. And I feel like I should do an honorable mentions list. Um, for other ones that I've watched, other J-dramas that I've watched, um, that I thoroughly enjoyed. Maybe I'll do that another, another time. I'm currently watching, currently watching Korean drama. Um, it's a daytime drama titled Unpredictable Family. It's about these two people who meet up and they're involved in these like awkward situations. And so you get this sense that, I just started watching it, you get this sense that there is a sort of attraction or fate between them. His mom is the biological mother of the female leads, two older sisters. His mom was married to her dad before the main couple were born. So as far as I can tell, there's no blood relation between these two people. Um, I've spent the past three days or so trying to figure out what incarnation is actually happening. And uh, thinking about, like, how can this relationship possibly work? Um, I have a theory that her dad is, like, not her biological dad. But I don't, now that I think about it, I, I don't think that matters. I don't know. Like I said, it's a theory. At this point, I'm watching the show um, to see what happens. But I'm also, like, watching the show to try to solve my own mystery. Um, I know I said a lot about... J dramas at the top of this episode, especially when I talked about um, the last Cinderella show, and it sort of sounded like complaints. But honestly, I enjoy watching J dramas. They are typically like my go-to drama to watch on a long weekend when I want to feel refreshed. Like if I if I come up from the school week and I'm saying, oh, I want to watch something, but I don't really want to get into like a really long show, I'll turn on a J drama because it is you know it's going to be something fun, right? So if you enjoy Korean dramas and you haven't watched J-dramas yet, try one of these ones I've listed and recommended here below um, as a sort of palate cleanser just to refresh yourself from um, the mundane. If you have enjoyed today's episode, please leave a rating where you are listening and connect with me by heading over to my Instagram page at the brown skin Oni on the Brown Skin Oni Podcast at Instagram.com. Thank you for listening. And until next time, Oni.